Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast Podcast. And yes, we are back. And this time we have a new guest. So please guest tell us who you are and who you main. My name is Garretaker and I main the night. I made a lot of killers, but lately it's been night since his release, so So the Knight is somewhat of a killer that can hold down a three gen when it really matters. And he can also shut down loops very well if the survivors are not really paying attention to where the guards are going. But what made you start playing this killer? Ironically, that was the reason why I didn't play Knight at first. Uh, When he first dropped, I thought the aesthetic was nice. I thought it was going to be a micro killer. I think that's the right term for it. I thought he was going to set up the Knights and you need to either teleport to them or have some kind of, you know, further gameplay. And then it turns out it's just AI. It was whatever. So I didn't play him at first. It was the update that made me start playing them because then I could be aggressive with him. And then I ended up figuring out Kool-Aid Man and some other tricks that I could do, which allowed me to play aggressive. And I didn't have to play defensive. And that's why I actually picked up Knight. It was kind of the opposite, weirdly enough. Yeah, well, thank you again for agreeing to do this interview, Caretaker. It's great to have you here. Um, so we'll start right off with your build. There's many kinds of builds out there from your most efficient builds, your fun builds, builds that people like to run on a regular basis. So let's talk about your build. What works for you and why do you run it? The funny thing is I don't actually have a build. And this always throws people off, especially the end game, because they're, oh my God, you did that well and you're not running perks. I'm like, yeah, it's... It's it's not too bad, but if I am running actual perks, which I do have, because sometimes people just want to see a normal match, I run uh, Agi Barbecue Surge and Stabiffle. And of course, if you want to play a more defensive, you would want to run, you know, the usual gen stalls with little blocks, and that's what I would go with. But I usually stick to more chase-oriented builds. Save the best. So you just, um, would you rely on your guards hits more than anything to try and injure the obsession absolutely not as as they the options there but um, i when you're asking me the other questions i was the biggest thing i can bring up with the knights and why a lot of his add-ons and the way he plays is kind of eh, and why people feel they need to three gen and keep the areas locked down is because getting hits with your guards is the most inconsistent thing in the world um they did add the update to where if you're closer to the edge of the circle they can track faster but even that's not a guarantee without dried horse meat getting a hit is is so rare that it's just not worth it save the best for last it's just such a good perk that if you do end up getting a wombo where you hit him in one shot or you end up getting the hit then it's just a even bigger benefit but i think save the best is one of the best perks for chasing m1 killers especially so i just stick with that just out of pure quality of life so there are currently 106 killer perks in the game, in which 30 come from licensed killers, which people have to pay money for. There are a lot of new and old players out there that haven't got any of these yet. So let's focus on the 76 perks that are available to everybody. Do you have any builds that you can share that are worth running? I'm thankful that most of the builds I like are quality builds, not necessarily winning the game for you, they just feel comfortable. Um, agi, brutal, enduring, you know, perks like those are some of the better perks that come to mind. Uh, I've got a list of them. I could just speed run through them. Um, agitation is good in any build. It, I like it because it pairs well with everything. A lot of people say, oh, it's just faster hooking. No, it's good for body blocking. It's good for bad hook spawns. Um, I think this is good on any build, regardless of new, old, and it fits with everything. 
especially if you end up using a you know a scourge trick belt. Um, running something like Bertle and Enduring is good if you want kind of more of a heavy chase build. Uh, no, it is a classic. Obviously, it's still a very strong perk, especially in the the lower tiers and the newer players. You know, doesn't matter how good you are if a killer walks up on you with no head, you're going down. So, um, Fearmonger is another one I would say could fit on just about any build, just because you know it stops them from getting sprint burst, it stops overcome, it stops a lot of things, and more obnoxiously is it stops Fogwise and other aura-reading builds, because the only time you really want aura on Survivor is, you know, the killer's coming towards you, towards the hook or whatever, coming to your generator. So it's for a, a basic perk that you just get, it's one of the stronger ones. Um, when it comes to Genstall, there's Jolt, there's a few other ones, but I think out of the 76, just to cut it short, I would stick with either tracking perks or some of the stall perks like Sloppy, uh, you know, actually, that's really it. I just stick with sloppy jolt, you know, stuff like that. So there's a lot of variety in there that you can make. I wouldn't really stick to one build except for something that just felt right. Well, there are occasions where even those who have the most play to win kind of mentality want to have a game with a less than optimal build, whether it be to give themselves an intentional disadvantage or to have some fun with the survivors with a gimmicky kind of meme build. Uh, could you share with us any such meme or gimmicky builds that you might have for the night? Well, on night, I technically do run a mimicking, you know, gimmick build or mimicky gimmick build. Uh, of course, it's there's a challenge called the Iron Challenge or the Iron Man Challenge. I think it was started by Marth back in the day. Um, it's basically no add-ons, no offerings, no perks, anything. The only difference in mine is I'm not doing a challenge, so I want my blood points. Otherwise, that's my build. There's just no perks. See what I can do with my base power and just my knowledge of that. Uh, other than that, another build that I wouldn't say popularized, but I was definitely kind of known to my circle of friends and it was actually top of the leaderboard was for backpacking. Uh, backpacking is carrying around a survivor on your shoulder to get down. So basically, we just call them a backpack. There's uh, five perks in the combo you can go with right now, but the main ones are Agi, Iron, Mad Grit, and Starstruck. And you literally just chase after people with you're just constantly spamming M1 because you don't lose any distance. And it's one of the funniest things, especially if you're playing Legion or a smaller killer, you just see them, their arm will just lock up and they just kind of come at you with their hand extended and they just down you. It's super fun. And the Starstruck kind of helps when you're going for the leaderboard down. It's not a super effective build, but you'd be surprised how many people will still try to body block through a Starstruck. Uh, the good old backpack build. never It never fails always catches them off guard and it never fails quite a common build on most killers as well actually yeah ironically enough back when starstruck was really popular i think it took a few months before people realized you could do a full-blown you know carrying down build so when picking a build one of the most important things to people are add-ons and it can change the game entirely whether it's to get someone exposed quicker makes you quicker reduces cooldown on your power or just to slow the game down so of all the add-ons available to you, what would you run, what would you recommend, and what would you avoid? So I don't run add-ons on any killers, or any for that matter. Uh, I, in my server, we call it the Puritan rule. Basically, I don't run add-ons unless it's for a challenge or a quest, or I'm testing something out. Um, that's just me personally. I like to look at the killers at their base and not kind of 
boost them to a higher level with add-ons because I think those should most of these should just be baseline. I'd rather a powerful base and then add-ons being a little flavor or a little play style change. But with that being said, I do know what worked well on the night, especially. Now there's two types of setup with him. Obviously, I prefer a more aggressive route. I like to use my guards to break generators, pallets, walls. I like them to kind of keep people off of things, but I don't play defensively. So for my build, uh, the add-ons that I can recommend right off the bat, uh, brown and yellow, so they're very easy to farm, is Map of the Realm and Dried Horse Meat. Uh, Map of the Realm, of course, works for any build, but it's especially good for those aggressive builds because it increases the vision range of guards under patrol by four meters. It doesn't seem like a lot until you're literally nipping at someone's heels and that green circle barely misses. The difference between that would be Map of the Realm. Just that little bit gets you on the tip, and that also makes the guard chase faster, plus you're getting a speed boost. It, it's just all around really good. Um, dried horse meat, even if you're not getting a hit, uh, most of the chases, I believe it's 12 seconds for Assassin and Jailer, 24 seconds for Carnifex. That's 30 seconds of getting chased that no one can interrupt. Unless you go back and grab a banner, that's 30 seconds of stall right there. Even better if you get a hit. Because if they waste time healing, that's it just all compounds and leads to more things. Um, if you're going to be playing defensively, though, Tattered Tavern's really good. I believe that bumps up the Jailer to like 27 seconds of sitting in an area. So if you're looking to defend a 3-gen, that would sort of be what you're going for. Uh, I got a buddy who plays pure endgame night, and he uses Tattered a lot. I don't like it personally, but he likes it. Um, to avoid, though... I would say avoid the ones that give you the same guard twice, except for Battle Axe Head, because you can do what I call a Kool-Aid tech, and we can talk about that later if you'd like. Um, I only say that just because a lot of the gimmick add-ons that work with them, such as Lightweight Greaves, uh, Peeling Poultice, Flint and Steel, none of these really do anything all that good that you can't get from a perk, or it's just a wasted slot. Um, Carnifexes, you can see anyone around Undrub, unbroken drop pallets which is a huge hindrance you're basically leaving up entire maps full of pallets so that you can see them but it doesn't matter if you can't go to them so it's just a huge waste um healing poultice makes people scream which is cool but i mean you're either going to be in a chase or you're going to be chasing someone if you're you know summoning out your assassin and then the lightweight grease gives you bonus speed when you release the jailer but by the time you just press M2, get the Jailer out and start chasing, they're already gone. So you want to do a full path, and it's just, it's not as good as it seems. You've tested it out, it's not very good. So I, I guess it's good that for him, most of the add-ons you want to use are just brown and yellows. Uh, the purples are kind of worthless. Uh, his iridescents aren't very good either. You're not going to set up a proper patrol path through windows and everywhere to make use of it. You might get a mini blood warden at the end, but the, I'm pretty sure they can still just crawl out if that's not long enough. So even if you do get a hit, they might still crawl out. So it's not stellar. Uh, Knight's Contract, we actually thought this was going to be broken once we figured out how to do the, the Kool-Aid deck. Because if you could just cycle through Carnifex every four and get it down every time, you can, you know, four cycle your Knights out, you would just walk around and get it one shots. But uh, we found out that it's actually impossible to keep getting Carnifex as your uh, exposed summon, so it's not very good. Uh, the green add-ons, they're, they're green add-ons, most of them require you to either be doing very poorly, 
or getting hits, which you're probably not going to do. So thankfully, the brown and the yellow add-ons are kind of what I would stick to. Mostly map of the realm and dried horse meat. That's just a general, no matter what your build, it gets the most use out of your knights. Getting the right perks and add-ons are very important, but getting the strategy right is equally as important as it is how the game is played. So I want to talk a little bit more about your strategy. When loading into a trial, what are your preferred maps? And what strategy do you adopt based on the perks and add-ons that you use on a regular basis? Or in your case, no perks or add-ons? Uh, to be completely honest, I don't think there's a single map I like. And I'm notorious amongst my friends, especially playing on Survivor. Because I'll be like, man, I hate this killer. And they're like, you hate every killer. And I'm like, yes, and yes, I don't like playing Survivor. But it kind of translated over to killer. I don't think there's a single map that I load into and I'm just ecstatic to be there. I will say the new Eerie of Crows feels a lot better than it used to. It's still got some issues, but for the most part, I, I actually don't mind Eerie of Crows. Depending on my mood, I kind of like the game just because you know, it's a lot of fun smashing to a wall then popping through the other doors and scaring survivors. Still an awful map, but it's lined up perfectly for smashing pallets. So I, I kind of give it a pass. Other than that, as long as it's not Badham or Swamp, I, I'll take it. The new Auto Havens are pretty nice. I haven't got to play them a lot. Um, yeah, as long as it's not an indoor map or corn, like Haddonfield, uh, any corn map, all those maps would be the only ones that I'd really want to avoid. But other than that, Knight can actually do pretty well, even on maps with um, a lot of elevation, other things that killers can't do. A good example would be Dead Dog. I still don't like Dead Dog, but again, you can do some fun things on there, so it kind of makes up for it. Uh, so I'll have, I'll have people taunt and teabag me at the top of the stairs or run in an area. I'm like, oh, okay, and I'll summon a knight and because of the distance, because it counts the elevation, the knight will shoot up off the ground and just chase him down. And usually you'll get a hit if someone's taunting. So anything with elevation kind of changes the play style. It, it makes the maps from unbearable to okay i can do something cheeky here i can i'll accept that you know so when you're going into a match you have to assess your strategy based on the perks and add-ons that you might might or might not be going in with the map that you load into and also the survivors that you are likely to face because well let's face it there's a lot of survivors play a lot differently. You might be going against a four stack. You might be going against um, two two stacks, a three and a one stack, or maybe even four solo survivors. So let's talk about your playstyle real quick. Do you opt to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play, or do you just play like you've got some kind of one trick routine or strategy that you kind of try to stick to? Um, anytime I go into a game, my immediate goal is go for a twelve hook match. I really don't want to hook the same person twice unless I absolutely need the pressure or they're just playing so poorly that I just can't ignore them anymore. Uh, if the gens are flying really quickly, though, I will immediately start to go away from my my self-implied rules, which are I want everyone to have fun. I want everyone to get off the hook, you know, have a chance. But uh, yeah, if I'm seeing like, oh, cool, I got a hook and I hear bling, 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 I, I drop the whole, okay, I want 12 hooks. From there, I'm Whoever I see is going down, and then I gotta adapt, especially because I run no perks and add-ons. Anytime I see a sprint burst or a lithe or anything like that, it hurts me that much more because I don't have time saves from something else, say, you know, a jolt proc hitting two gens or stabiffle saving me some time in a chase or enduring so I didn't get hit by that pallet. 
you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that can really throw me under the bus if I don't pick up how they're going to play quickly. Uh, the best way to do that too is like when you're chasing someone, listen out for the generators. Are they body blocking? Or like, you got to see how they're playing. If they're really sneaky and you're running around and you haven't seen anybody, you're probably losing two or three gens, like right there, especially if they got proved by self. So if that's the case, you really got to start to kind of patrol the hook. I think I get a bit leashed to the hook as the gens pop. I think that's any killer, of course, but. The faster the gens pop, the less likely I am to leave a hook. And another thing I won't do, and a lot of survivors fall for, is they like to play chicken. And once I see those kind of players, I definitely go into a more campy mindset. Not a fun mindset, but I mean, I'm not going to watch three people run up to the hook, teabag me, and then run away. Like, I know what you're trying to do. Like, if that, at that point, you're going to have to trade. You know, equivalent exchange, I caught you, I don't play chicken. Come get you, come get you, boy. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I will, like, and like I said earlier, I will do my best to play fair in my own words. I know some people are like, well, it's fair to play. You're doing, I, I want everybody to have a chance. I want to see everybody hit at least 20K points because I know the grind sucks. I know having a mad match sucks. So, you know, I'll, and then that also goes in the opposite direction too. If I'm the one stomping, I probably won't even finish out the match. I'll two hook everybody. Maybe down them a little bit, get them some hooks, get them some heels, let them do some gens, and then I'll usually let them go. But I'll pretend like I'm playing because, you know, if, I, if I've if i got eight hooks at five gens and I don't need to pip or I don't need anything, I already won the match. I, I don't care. Killing them all isn't going to do me many favors. So I, I usually like to kind of go based off of how the match is going. Are they playing around? You know, there, there's a lot that goes into it that can also change you mid-match you know you're like oh, okay they don't have this and then i don't know where do you see a surprise script first a gen pop so i think i think you definitely got to be on your toes and there's some matches you just kind of have to accept that's a loss and on those i think it's best mm -hmm. to just kind of test your power out go for fun stuff so I mean, even the maps where you really got to sweat it out or you just hit a wall and you're just like I, i'm not winning this match i think you can still adjust your strategy but it's either pull back something out of the wreckage or at least figure something out or have some fun. Uh, I found out one time when playing, uh, was playing artist and I, I lost, I got absolutely destroyed. Uh, I think they did all five gens. It was red forest. I got two hooks. I was like, whatever, just go. Uh, I set up a bird at a door where they were, you know, opening the door and I fired the bird and found out you can double hit people with a bird. Same thing with the, a lot of things I've learned about Jailer. Whenever I'm having a bad match or, you know, I've lost a lot of resources, you know, there's a bunch of pals everywhere and I don't have any hooks. I'll just run around and mess around with the knights, see what I got to do to get them to catch survivors, see what path I can run and figure all sorts of stuff out. So there's definitely other things you can do throughout the match. So totems have always been a big part of how people play and it can change the game entirely by either hindering or helping both sides. So in 2021, they released Boon Totems, and these alone became a powerful tool for survivors. So as a killer, you're either forced to leave them alone and face the consequences, or snuff them only to find out 20 seconds later that they're back up. Sorry, let's talk about Totems, and more specifically, Totem Spawns. Do you think they're in a good place, or do you think more changes are needed? Personally, I really like 
the boon. I love the idea of boons. I'm very much a support player. And when I saw what Circle of Healing done, I was super excited to see it. But of course, like all the perks that I like, they usually get gutted. Uh, I, I generally didn't think it was going to be that strong. I, mean, I knew it was going to be that strong. But I, I guess part of me hoped that it would have been nerfed properly or changed. And I, it, it really was a big help to have some form of healing like that. And I think it filled in the, the role of being able to self-heal without relying on a teammate, which was nice. You know, I think that's something that's lost from Solo is I am Solo, so I need a little bit of extra, you know, to push me forward. I don't have a Swift to rely on. I can't look at Meg and be like, hey, Meg, come across the map, you know. So Boone's really helped to fill that that niche and I, I thought it was good but it was definitely way too strong i also feel that people are absolutely sleeping on shadow step because on the more debris field maps or the double decker maps someone with shadow step can completely win the match that one totem can win the match and on harder to find maps such as you know rpd and, and the latter it does make the spawning a bit of an issue but I'm not really sure what they could do to fix that. I, I think that's not a totem problem so much as a boon problem. Um, and that, that can obviously go for hexes as well. Uh, there's, there's nothing more frustrating in knowing where a hex totem is and the killer is in just the right spot to defend, you know, like trapper or demo and you just can't get to her. It's really out of the way and, or their power, like a traps in the way. It can be really frustrating or you're playing Swamp and you know they have Devour Hope and you're just desperately trying to look for it. And I know every totem spawn. I know all the rules to totem spawning. Um, I, but even then, knowing how the algorithm works, where they can spawn, it can be very difficult to find. Especially if you're playing Killer, trying to snuff a boon, you know, because then you have to decide, all right, do I go to the top of Misery to snuff that shadow step or do I just leave it up there? But then you have to weigh the cons of, you lose all tracking, so they cut a corner and they're gone. So I, I like the idea of boons. I would love more support-oriented perks, just nothing that crazy strong. So having played with the knight um, for as long as you have, you must have had some great matches, whether it's been against like high-profile players, competitive teams, maybe com um, content creators, or just insane downs or extraordinary clutch moments that even you didn't think you could get yourself. Uh, to maybe win a game that you think was unwinnable. Do you think you can share any of these moments with us? So for sure, the first thing that ever happened that night that kind of solidified me wanting to main him and play him was pulling off that first Kool-Aid tech. Um, it, 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 especially when you're seeing someone who's not used to a knight being aggressive, which is exactly why I'm kind of drawn to as well. Uh, it's I haven't played against anybody who's really high profile. I did shoot a message to Odds and tell him about it, like, hey, there's a new way to play Knight. Maybe you can get this out there, but he didn't respond. So I wouldn't say I've met high profile streamers or competitive teams. I've had a mock competitive team. I don't think they were legitimately a team, but they sure as hell played like one. But I have played against quite a few streamers, and it's always great to pop into their stream and seeing the absolute panic in their face when they realize what's happening. <laughs> uh, they're just sitting there in their teabag and thinking, oh, the knight's got to break the pallet, and boom, I'm in their faces. And the reactions go from, uh, I've had one person <laughs> ask me if I was cheating. And uh, that, that was fun, especially hearing that from knight. But usually I get the, oh my God, you can do that? And of course that's followed by the, God, I hate knight. <laughs> that was cool, but I don't like knight. 
So I'm hoping that I can bring that play style and kind of spread it out as much as I can because it's really nice to see people who are excited to see night gameplay. As for a clutch moment, um, so a fun thing about the guards that a lot of people don't know is that the knight is the only killer in the game that can interrupt a generator while a survivor is currently working on them. And this is without perks, add-ons, or anything. If a survivor is currently working on the generator, you can't kick it. I no no killer can get through. And this is obviously ignoring you can dial them into it. But the knight can. You can order them to, you know, hit a generator regardless of somebody's on it. So I had four people injured. It was on the game. I was downstairs. I was way too far. I knew where they were at. I caught some scratches on the ceiling downstairs. I knew I went. So I needed to get there fast, but I knew I wouldn't make it with that many people on a jet. There's no way. So had my assassin. I popped him out. I barely whipped around the corner, almost out. And I hit the patrol and I'm like, you know, guard action. Boom. And I get up the stairs. I'm using the speed boost. I'm walking on the corner and as he finishes kicking the gen, you know, they were waiting to get on it. So I ended up getting it down there, getting a second down. And I sent another knight up, caught someone else on the gen, kicked it again. And guards do 5% instead of 2% regression. So by me doing that kind of double patrol up there actually won me the match. It was really close. They were pumping the gen, but it was... Every time I got back on the gen, it was all four pistons were kicking. And I was just like sending, I'm trying to chase and sending knights. And it was, it was just really, really intense. And it's a moment I won't, I won't forget. Cause even the survivors were like, that was nuts. And we, we, it was a really, it was a really fun match. So with the amount of time that you've been playing the night, you must have some great advice that you can share with us. So what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? Um, Kool-Aid tech is your friend. And I should probably explain what this is because I keep saying it. I was going to save for a different question, but I'll explain so I don't confuse anybody. So the Kool-Aid tech is whenever you see a survivor running to a pallet, preferably dead center. Like if you're clean line of sight, you're good to go. It's hard to run corners. But anyway, they're going to panic drop the pallet. That's what most people do, especially when you're chasing them in the night. What you do is you pop M2, get right at the pallet as it's dropping, and you press M1. If you time it correctly and you're not under the pallet because you can stun the guard orb, uh, you'll break the pallet instantly. And because Carnifex has completed his action, he disappears, which means he has no collision. And the pallet's gone too. So in a sense, you have built-in end fury. You can literally just go to a drop pallet, boom, walk through it. Or they ran through a window, boom, break the wall you're through. And it's it's just really fun to have. Um also, don't be afraid to use the guards to break gens, pallets, and walls. I, I notice so many people who will only use their guards to initiate a hunt or initiate a chase, and they refuse to use them for anything else. Uh, they don't use them to break pallets. They don't use them to kick gens. It's just, I have to chase, I have to chase, or I have to defend, I have to defend. And that's it, it more often than not, it's going to get you a loss, especially if you're just leaving your knights out or you're just leaving them open to run back to the banner. All that's going to happen is they're going to be busy for like 10 seconds, maybe less than that. They're going to pop the banner and they're going to run off. And you could have kicked two or three gens with the extra regression. Um, you know, that regression is, is, a, is a lot. It adds up over time. It's what you used to make old pop so powerful. And I wish we had old pop back. But, you know, when you're, you're stacking up that those gen kicks by your guards, it's 5, 10, 15. So definitely don't be afraid to use your guards for more than just chasing. 
Um, and that can also lead into doing a chase while kicking a gen. I've had times when I've come up on survivors and they see me and they're trying to greet a gen or they're trying to get as much as they want. And as they run away, I'll pop out a knight, I'll drop an assassin on the gen. So he's going to sit back and kick the gen and I can go and continue the chase. So definitely learn how to micro the guards so that they're doing your generators and they're breaking things for you and you can continue the chase. They're, they're an extension of you. You got to use them like that. Um, also, you don't have to play how anyone tells you. Uh, this ties into don't just follow what the content creator said. Uh, the amount of times I've seen the same build and it's over multiple killers. It's all, and it's like, I understand people knowing what fits the character best. Obviously, if something works, it works, but it's usually the same build. And then you go on YouTube and you'll get recommended a, a build. And it's here's how you win every game as a knight. And it's the most obnoxious build you've ever seen. It's like sloppy and three stall perks. And they're running dried horse meat and patrol. And they're sitting on a three gen. Like that's not, you don't have to play that. If you want to play aggressive, go for it. You want to play defensive, you might want to hide the end game chat, but but go for it. But uh, don't don't ever think just because someone says this is how you play this, blah 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 blah, or this is how everyone else does it. Don't believe them because playing knight is not the intended way. I'm pretty sure, but it's a lot more fun than just sitting there, you know, with your pet generator. So I want to talk a little bit about tiles and more specifically your favorite tile, whether it's a jungle gym, the LT wall, the long walls, or everyone's favorite, the killer shack, or maybe the um, the main building or whatever map you happen to be on. What is your favorite tile and why? I can't say that I have one. <laughs> uh, it goes back to me saying that I generally don't like any of the maps for the most part. There's a few I like, but uh, it, yeah, most of the tiles I think could use a couple of adjustments. Uh, they're really frustrating, but there is one I'll say, and that is the dreaded Z-Wall Infinite just because of the memes alone. Because there's nothing funnier than running with a Swift or even playing Killer and streaming on Discord. And you'll see someone go to a, this a Z-Wall with a window and everyone in the call collectively is like, oh my God, the Z-Wall Infinite. And it's just become such a stupid, blown out joke between my friends that I, I'm going to go with a Z-Wall because he's doing his best. And I've seen the, some really good plays with people mind gaming those. So I think those are fun. Those are fun tiles to watch. Albeit short, but still fun. The generator speeds have always been an issue for killers, and in recent times, they've gotten a lot better with perks and and changes to the time it takes for a generator to complete. But with that being said, it's hard for the devs to balance out the game based on some killers being stronger than others. So, what are your thoughts? Um. Honestly, I think that gen speeds are compounded by issues that lead back into poor map design and how long chases are going on for. Um, they've certainly gotten better. Also, I'm, I'm going to treat this as like a two-part question. Um, so regarding gen speeds, they've gotten better, but we've also seen a rise in prove thyself. We've seen a lot of people bringing you know, other gen speed perks. Hyperfocus, Detectives Hunt was really popular, still kind of is. I feel that everybody will do whatever they can to make them as fast as possible. That's just the nature of the game. You would be stupid not to do your objective, obviously. And, and while me and my friends like to play around and you know, I'm a chess goblin, I'm going after chess and I'm in totems and that's, that's how I like to play. So the killer gets plenty of time for me, but you know, if they're really sweaty, that turns it into a 3v1. 
So, you know, it, it, it sort of leads into why the gens pop so quickly. And I remember watching Scott and a few people saying, I don't feel the gens are going faster. They feel the same or they feel slower. And not more than a day or two after that, I was playing a game of Billy, just doom engravings, you know, to celebrate that he wasn't gutted. Uh, I was playing Midwish. I've got lethal. I start the match, chainsaw across the map, boom, instantly get it down. All four people are there. Lock up, boom, hook her. And then I go find someone else, do a quick trade with him. I'm about two or three, about two or three hooks in. I'm feeling confident. And I hear, as I'm going for my third hook, I hear two gens kingling back to back. I was like, oh, okay, that was awfully fast of how quickly they're healing and, you know, trading out these hooks, but okay. And so I'm, you know, I hook them, I get a fourth, fifth hook, and I go find the other person who thankfully was injured, but I'm on maybe hook four, hook five, and their generator's done. I don't, like, I know the other two around me, and I still don't know how they did those gens so quickly. I don't think I could have had any more pressure outside of slugging them, but the gens were just boom, 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 boom. They were just, pumping out really fast and i don't think they even improve themselves so I, I would like them to make generators more interactive either go find this part to fix the gen or you know some kind of extra mini games in the game to keep people um interested and i understand that this might also lead to a problem because of new players it also could lead to you know sweatier builds because oh you gotta get the part so i'm gonna bring this you know to make opening chests slower you know there, there's always something that seems to pop up, but I do hope that they find a solution that is balanced for both sides. Because I think if you go after most people who are going for 12 hooks and everything else, and they're having a good time, they, they really can't do that with how quick the gens go right now. And I understand it's a problem on both sides where obviously, you know, I don't want to get sweated and tunneled out, so I'm going to do gens. And because I'm doing gens, the killer is like, oh, I got I to gotta sweat and tunnel you out. The gens are going through quickly. So I'm hoping that one day we do get a middle ground for that, for both sides to feel comfortable, which is why me personally, I say um, exhaustion perks, progression perks, regression perks, all of them should be gutted and removed or changed to something else. That's not this question, but in my opinion, for balance to happen, I think that would be the big step outside of fixing maps. As for balancing out the game based on some killers, I think it only, I think that, question only pertains to nurse and blight honestly um i i've been a big proponent of 105 one blink nurse uh, a lot of people have told me oh that'll that'll kill nurse that'll kill nurse i'm like no it will it won't it's fun we can test it out in game throw in torn bookmark boom you're a 105 nurse you got one blink you're slightly faster but it's fun and you're still effective and i feel that the fact that she can go through walls and literally used just only until recently, she could basically use every perk in the game, which gave her essentially four or five, even six perks when you used the right uh, add-on combinations. But uh, her power is just insanely powerful. I, that sounds worse. <laughs> but uh, I think making her 105, giving her a faster cooldown, you know, so she can still blink, but she can also kind of keep up with you a little bit. You know, it still requires skill. They can still do two blinks, but... I think she just needs a little bit of a, you know, a good kick in the shins, kind of knock her down a peg or two. Because they have to walk on eggshells. You have to consider, the only killer they don't consider when this stuff happens is Blight. Blight is their baby. I think Blight, even more so than Nurse, needs just, he needs to get a hefty nerf. Um, I, I don't even know what to say that would make him work, too. 
because I'm fully aware that some people will say, oh, well, he needs these add-ons, and then I'll talk to a veteran blight player, and he doesn't need those add-ons. They're broken. So I, I'm not going to say that I'm classified or I'm knowledgeable enough of, of playing and against blight. I, I know which add-ons are really strong. I just hope that one day he actually just eats a fat nerf. I don't want him gutted, but he definitely needs something turned down. Same thing with nerves. So I, don't, I don't want her gutted, but I think making her that movement speed is something that we can actively test right now would help the balance of the game. I'd rather lower tiers or closer to the higher tiers. You know, I, I wish it was more of a middle ground, but I understand that there's just some killers you can't balance, such as a trapper and a few other killers. But I, I think small tweaks to the other killers we find. Uh, a major one, just to not drone on about this particular topic, would be Wraith. I wish they would take away his movement speed a little bit because everyone was saying that his movement speed is what led to hit and run and we don't want that anymore and we want his lunge back. I think small tweaks like that could take the other killers and bump them up the tier list or bump them up in terms of their numbers going higher because something that revolves around balance too isn't just the balance. It's also how fun is the killer to go against and how fun is the killer to play. I love Wraith, but I really don't like the shoddy lunge, so I don't play him very much, which means Wraith's not getting a lot of kills, you know? It, it seems like small people, like, oh, you're only one, that's only a couple people, but then you add me and my buddy who's a Wraith main, and a couple other Wraith mains who feel the same way, and, you know, people have moved on to different killers because the balance shifted for them. Um, so I, I kind of wish they would just do a full sweep through and be like, give them a little bit of quality of life, Let's tweak some numbers for Blight. Let's drop Nurse down a bit. Let's bump her up a bit. So uh, I, I think that would require them to make full use of the PTB and let people really go wild. We've got mods for the game, so we could easily be, oh, here's my idea for a Nurse rework. Boom. All right, load it up. You know, I, I feel like they could definitely put a little bit more effort into balancing everything out. I know that it'll never be perfect, but there's definitely a lot of work to be done there before the game actually feels as though, you know, two killers aren't holding everything back. See, there's a few things that you've kind of mentioned there that, like, for example, um, the idea of having, uh, like, another an item that you've got to get to repair the generator. Another another way you could probably do it is by having a switch on a wall. You know, there's, like, many switches on the wall, and you've got to turn that switch on in order to power the gen to repair the gen to fix it. And the killer can go and turn it off and whatnot. And then another switch will come on. So it's not always going to be the same sort of switch. Yeah. And then in terms of, um, you know, nerfing the nurse and blight, I mean, a couple of options you've got is the nurse can only blink through one wall. So that will that will help. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and then blight, blight, you could potentially stop him from doing a complete 180 um, at loops, maybe just half that. Because a lot of the time with Blight, the good players are the only ones that are doing like all these like 180s around corners, and it's it's virtually impossible to escape it. Yeah, I, th I think that's another thing that leads to a lot of frustration in the game, especially, and what leads to a lot of power and whatnot. Um, it, it's always a double-edged sword, too, because you'll see people talk about you know double engravings Billy, so you see these montages and you're watching Billy's just like flick around walls and they're, they look unstoppable. Then you actually go to do it and you're like, wow, this, this sucks. 
It's it's so incredibly difficult to do, and it's inconsistent, and it's I mean, but it's fun, you know. And I think we saw, I, I, like you said, you know, nerfing it to, but the, the the higher tier people are the ones using it, which is why you know when you saw Billy giving his doom and in, in, engravings, you know, his, what is it, death and death and doom engravings, sorry, excuse me, his death and doom engravings getting nerfed was because those top tier players that were using those who put thousands of hours into these probably did inflate the stats a little bit. But if you were to spread that data down out through all the players, no, like me, I I'm so rusty with Billy. I tried that double engravings. I was back grabbing everyone. I got like two flicks and that was it. I, I was not doing so good. Yeah, but the problem is they're basing this on people playing these specific these specific killers, and there's yeah, not that many people playing. Stats. There's not that many people playing Billy. There's not that yep. many many people playing Pig, and yet yep, they're constantly that, nerfing her. Uh, the irony of uh, the, that too, I think, was one. Uh, they did it. They did, and this weather everyone disagrees with their their stats. Their stats are very skewed from what we've heard. And they claim that DCs don't count as kills. We see that the game sees it as a kill or something. But either way, uh, they did a big study on all the killers and the blah, blah, blah. And the top three killers were like Freddy, Pig, and Sadako. And that's why a lot of people say that their data isn't entirely you know, inclusive. Like It's not conclusive. Because a lot of those killers, if you put them up against even a solid team, they're not winning the match. So then you have to lead it to like, okay, well, what caused this then? And then it could turn out to be like the Sonic Condemn build, or it could be like a, an old school four stall Freddy. And there's only a few people playing them, and they're like, wow, Freddy's doing really good. But it's like, but what's the pick rate too, you know? And they do show that sometimes as well. But even then, sometimes the pick rate to kill rate ratio. It's like nobody plays them in their top of their class, and it just doesn't make sense. But it definitely skews uh, design decisions, especially we see that with the last patch as well, how that data can cause them to break the game, essentially. And uh, regarding your point earlier where you were saying having switches, uh, I know Project Playtime is sort of a meme in a lot of communities, but I'll give them credit that at least they give you something to do like skill checks are fine but could you imagine if you had to go do a quick puzzle and da, 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 and type that in to get a part to fix your gen because it stalled at 50 percent, or you needed to get power to the room that you're in so you could do that I, I think that's one thing that a lot of asymmetrical games implemented well and it could have been really good for dvd but it's a shame that the asims that died are the ones that did say okay holding m1 is boring how do we change that so I think that would be really cool if they could add that out. They can even do it for killers. I, th I think they could easily open up like new paths for killers. And I don't mean breakable walls, stopping infinites. I mean, sort of like Midwitch, where you can go to the back of the bathroom and there's a secret path for only the killer. Survivors can use it, but the killer has to open it. I really like that kind of stuff to come back. And I think that would add a lot more for both sides to stall out the game to where it's done a, like a draw, a droning like, Come on, let's get it done. Hurry up. You know, in instead it'll be a good back and forth of opening up the map, getting resources, and just being able to play. And I think that would make the 12 hook players like myself definitely enjoy the game a lot more. Because I wouldn't I wouldn't need a sweat. I wouldn't need to be like, well, by any pressure, back on the hook you go. 
So MMR is something that Behaviour have put in to help make to help make matches fairer for everyone with each individual skill level being as close to each other as possible. There's been many different opinions on this matter ranging from it should never have been implemented in the first place to MMR has been a good change to my matches as I'm not getting as many cracked survivors juicing me for five whole gens. And even some in-between reactions to thinking it's a good intention just a rather primitive and outdated way of measuring MMR with it being just kills versus escapes depending on what side you're on. So tell us from your own experience your thoughts on MMR and how it affected your games after it got implemented. So the night obviously came out well after MMR and uh, just for not for bragging rights but just to explain my experience uh, I believe I just broke 4500 4600 hours um, I have every single character in the game P9 including the old legacy P9 stuff so I, I, I've been playing a long time. I consistently rank one on killer. So you figure that would mean my MMR would get me at least, you know, higher tier players. And, and I'm going to be the first to say I lose my fair share of matches. It happens. I've had my stomps. I've had my my share of those games. But, um, you know, like I said, I've been meeting Knight for almost three months now and I win most of my matches. But. I'll hop into a game and I'm checking the profiles and just try to see like, oh, is this a streamer? You know, can I get a reaction? You know, to the, to the, like, I see how they feel about this because I always want to see how people feel about what I'm doing when I'm playing. I never want to be like, ah, that that douchebag. You what an unfun killer. But it's really hard to give someone a good match and play with them when they've got 50 hours in the game or they've got 300 hours in the game. And it, it doesn't seem as though, oh, that's not a new player. Like uh, when DBD was first dropping, to be considered even a relatively knowledgeable player, you would see people ballpark out. You don't have a thousand hours, you're still new. And I don't know why when the game was pretty primitive and didn't have a lot of duos of looping and the infinites. But it was a really common theme was that you have to dump a lot of time into DBD to kind of match up to the old hats and the people who put the effort into it. But um, I don't know. I, I think MMR, at the very least, if MMR kept newer players away from me, I think that would be, I'd be okay with it. Um, if MMR actually did work a lot more similar to Call of Duty in the latter, I don't think people would be playing DVD anymore. I, I hate to say it, but I mean, I'm sure everyone thinks about it, but no one wants to say it is. Uh, every once in a while, a good stomp feels good. Um, not back-to-back. -back. I'm not one of those players. I know there's people out there who are like, oh, I'm going to run the strongest things, and I'm going to absolutely stomp out anyone, even if they're a new player. I, I don't have fun with that. It, it's Like I said before, if I'm eight hooks in and you're all in death hook and I've got five gems up, I'm just going to go AFK in the basement. I won. I don't care. And maybe that does lower my MMR a bit, but... I still get plenty of 4Ks and I should not be getting new players. Um, and, that, and that's all I really want from the MMR system is I just don't want to stomp a new player. One, because they're not going to have a good time. Uh, nine times out of ten, I will let them go. But sometimes I mix up players and I'll kill them on accident or they just die really quickly, but their teammates are pumping out gens and it just it puts them in an environment that does not feel inclusive. For the lack of a better word, I know when I first played DBD back when it was right before Legacy dropped, it was a couple months before Legacy, I actually quit because I was getting put up with rank 20 survivors and rank one all pink perk killers. 
and it it killed my it, it completely killed my will to want to play. Like, I just stopped playing the game. So I, I think the MMR has good intentions, but I do hope that one day they at the very least tweak it so that you know a, a player with 50, 60 hours isn't getting put up with me who has forty six hundred hours, and vice versa. Where me and my buddies who collectively have over ten thousand hours go against this poor killer who just started the game and he's got like a hundred hours and he's trying a new build. So I, I'm hoping that they do something like that. As long as it doesn't end up with COD where it's, oh, you want a match, we're gonna put you up against FaZe Clan next match, and they're gonna absolutely destroy you. Cause I've had matches like that. And the MMR system in DVD is weird where you'll either have five really good matches where you're stomping everyone you go against. And then you'll have a close loss or a close win. You're like, huh, that was that was kind of sweaty. And the next match is like four BMPs absolutely juicing you. They know where every infinite is. They just seem to disappear around corners and you just get destroyed. And if you keep playing, you just keep getting destroyed until you get off for like a couple hours. And it's like it's a reset. It's weird. But I, I just don't want to end up in games where it's such a constant back and forth that it doesn't become a good match. Like, hey, that was a good one. It was just both teams are like dying on the ground, sweating, cursing each other out. Like, ah, ugh, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't want a game like that. A, a hard fought match is fun, but a stop it either way or one where it's just stalling out to see who breaks first, those, those games aren't fun. At the very least, MMR doesn't give me those two too often, so I can't play. So when you're going against the very killer that you main, it can be quite the experience. So being a main for that particular killer, you've got a better insight than most about what they can and can't do, the add-ons that they might be using, and knowing exactly how far their limits can take them. When you're playing Survivor, do you enjoy going against the Knights? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Um it's, uh, at, least, at least you could agree with survivors. Oh, night sucks. I don't think a lot of people enjoy going against knights. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's again. That's why I run iron because, at the very least, when they get out of the match, they can look at me not doing the three gen, not you know, just being aggressive. Like, oh, he had no perks. So that anger goes from stupid knight to he had no perks. That was insane. So I'm I'm hoping to take that on, but I, I don't ever get that. I'm never given that courtesy. I never have people go like, oh, it's the knight guy, because obviously I'm not. Um, but, uh, I, I wish I will say this against aggressive knights. I, I do have a lot of fun. Uh, I've never had anyone try to Kool-Aid tech me or like use Carnifex or use the knights in a way that would win the matches. I never see them breaking gens of the night and then chase after me or, you know, breaking a wall and come through or whipping a knight on the other side of a pallet to block it off. I, I don't see them do anything interesting. I uh, have had a few of them who were very aggressive with their knights. Uh, they weren't very clever, but it was still a fun match because they didn't three gen. They weren't patrolling hooks. They weren't camping anybody out. They would chase them down. They'd send out their knight, and they, they that was it. They just kind of did normal chases. So w when they're like that, I have more fun. But I definitely have more fun when a knight uses my tricks against me, or I notice something's off, like. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, playing against me, whatever. You'll see Map of the Realm, so you'll notice when they pop out that the circle's a little bigger, so it's like, hey, be careful, because obviously the further out from the center of the night, the faster they catch up to you. So you can be like, hey, watch out. You know, so you need to run a little early because they've got the, the blah, 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 or try to cut a different direction to cut them off. 
or if they have map of the realm you can count down or not sorry map of the realm uh dread horse but you can count down you can go you know one two three blah 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 when you get to 24 and it's still taking like oh he's got dried horse meat don't stop running because you know obviously people won't stop running but sometimes they'll get a little complacent They're like oh it's been times up blah, blah, blah or whatever or they think they have time and then it'll tick down to just what and you get smacked so uh the other add-ons honestly aren't even worthy enough to really fear uh i, I hate to say that most of his add-ons are either not going to get applied or they just don't do enough to actually really worry about it so unfortunately there's nothing there i can't be like hey i can say hey he's got dried horse meat that's a little longer or oh he's got this but at the same time you'll you'll know he's got it and it's probably not gonna happen so nothing too too crazy with a knight when it comes to pointing out and like oh hey he's got silent chainsaw or hey he's got this no nah. but if they're as i said if they're if they're clever if they're cutting me off with their knights properly those knights are a lot of fun i will say this though the, the three gen zoning knights i i hate them they're so boring and I, I had one guy who would literally never hit me until the knight wore off and he could either wombo combo me or the knight hit me like he would just run around and try to block me and try to crowd me i'm like please just hit me just hit me please <laughs> Because he lost, but he kept chasing me every time he got a night a guard hunted me. There he was, right up, just right on my back. I can please just hit me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I fully am aware of how frustrating night can be. Uh, I can't apologize on their behalf because I don't play that way. But I'm hoping that I can get some clips out and I can, you know, meet streamers of all sizes and be like, hey, check this out. You can be aggressive with night. I've been planning on doing a video on a little guide. I'm not stellar at guides anymore. I'm uh, more a written guide kind of guy, but something like this is better visually. So I'm hoping to put out a guide and maybe convince other knights to play more aggressively and try different play styles. And maybe, just maybe, there'll be a little less. I really hate Knight on Twitter because right now we've got Skull Merchant. She's a good, no, she's a good decoy. But eventually, there's gonna be something. It's got the knight. He's gonna get a skin or something. And all I'm going to hear is, oh, I, I hate the knights so much, or I'm going to be dealing with knights myself. So, DBD has gone through many changes, from balancing perk changes to complete readjustment of some killers. And we want to know, do you think the devs are doing a good job with the current state of DBD? Do you think they need to do more, or are you happy with the current state of the game? Um, I'm happier with the current DBD in a... But it's happier that I've been in a long time. Um, there's still a lot of issues that DVD needs to address. And I don't think they ever will, unfortunately. I, I can't really say much until the next chapter drops because Skull Merchant was a flop. Knight, I mean, as much as I like playing Knight, he was clearly a flop. And the direction that they're going in terms of power and perks, I'm not really happy about. But I do like that they're making the effort to finally address maps, uh, problematic loops. Uh, they've clearly taken into heart what the community is saying. So I definitely see a shift on the winds. It feels as though someone at behavior is pushing the, hey, you need, you know, we need to listen to our community. They're clearly angry. Um, we're definitely still getting mixed messages, obviously, through the Billy nerf and, you know, the subsequent fixing of the Billy nerf. It definitely looks like the wires are crossed, but they're listening. 
And it was a big problem that we've had in the last couple of years where it really felt as though behavior was buffing and nerfing things for their own selves, which is fine. It's their game, but it felt as though a lot of our complaints were not being heard or being misconstrued. The last thing that happened was with Wraith. Wraith has had almost four reworks, if not five reworks, all minor tweaks to his power, but they kept reworking, kept reworking, kept reworking. And the longstanding joke with Wraith, especially since his first changes in rework, was that behavior does the exact opposite of what we asked for. And every time it would happen with Wraith, we are saying, hey, we want more speed when we're cloaked. So, you know, since we have to slow down, Mirror's was like, oh, okay. So we got the, you know, the faster speed, but at the same time, we would now uncloak slower. So I was like, well, now, now nothing's changed. I'm just faster than them. We got the extra lunge after coming out of the cloak. And then, you know, that was all great and dandy. But then that led to the hit and run sit, you know, fiasco. And everyone said, hey, the lunge is great. Get rid of the speed. We, you know, the speed's the problem. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. So they cut his speed down a slight little bit and then removed his lunge, which left him in basically a husk. And people don't play him anymore because of that. So... Because of stuff like that in the past, I'm cautiously optimistic of what we're getting now because we, we've been burned before. You know, look at the nurse rework, look at the blight rework. Everyone's like, okay, cool. They're going to get touched. They're going to get changed. And then they get another buff. Or, you know, look at the dead hard change where the initial change was, it was decent. I like, I'm okay with the new dead hard. I still think it's really strong for what it does. But I'm, I'm hoping that they, are more willing to go after those really top tier perks and actually drop them down. Because let's face it, people aren't going to use the fun niche perks, especially on the killer side, because we've got some fun perks, but nothing too, too crazy, or just leads to something that's just kind of boring, like, oh, cool, another exposed add on. Oh boy, more aura reading. So that's, that's fun. Or, oh, they bleed more, cool. Whereas survivors get maybe doing this, lets you jump out of a locker and stun the killer. Do this and you can create flashbangs. Doing this makes you go super speed. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff on the survivor side that fall into categories that are just way too powerful. But seeing Dead Hard actually eat a significant change makes me hopeful for the future. So cautiously optimistic, but I know how behavior can be. So, we all know that the Knight has three different guards. The Carnifax, the Assassin, and the Jailer. So, in order to simplify things, what does each guard do, and how do you best utilize them? Uh, show me the Carnifex. Uh, so, Carnifex is the best one out of all of them. This isn't me having a, a bias of any kind. He is genuinely the best for pretty much every scenario you're going to be in. Um, Carnifex's benefit, or his buffs because each of them have a different strength his strength is that he chases for the longest his hunt is 24 seconds uh, he also can break or um, smash the walls generators pallets everything instantly so with him you can do the kool-aid tech as i, I told y'all before you know you can well someone drops a pallet you can walk up with carnifex smash it instantly and go through um the assassin is a little differently. He cannot break anything instantly, neither can the Jailer. It takes about three to four, it says six seconds on the wiki, but I believe it's about three or four seconds to break an object, which is good for body blocking. That's something Carnifex can't do. 
Uh, the assassin runs slightly faster. I believe he runs 110 to his legion speed. He also applies deep wounds whenever he hits someone. Uh, with dried horse meat, assassin is very likely to get a hit if you've angled him properly. So he, he's pretty good in terms of you know just hunting. It's what he does. Now the jailer is your guard. He's your guard dog. He sits on the area for longer. He patrols for 24 seconds instead of 12 like the other ones. He also has a much bigger patrol range. So that green circle when he summons is going to be much wider, which means he can also catch people off guard from you know downstairs, upstairs, and with you know map of the realm that's 20 sorry 18 meters right there and that adds up over time it might be the difference between you getting the hit and not getting the hit so but I, i'm rooting for carnivix that's my boy that's my cool right man although i do like the jailer because uh, he uh, i don't know if y'all know uh, senior palo but if you haven't seen him i highly recommend watching his videos the moki show because the jailer's little cackle sounds just like Moki. And every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. So I'll give him that. He's a funny guy. So you say the Carnifax is the best one because he can break pallets and kick gens instantly. So surely if you've got people on a gen and you want to kick that gen, wouldn't it be best to put something like an assassin or a jailer so it will give you longer time to kick the gen and it'll be a lot quicker for you to be able to get there because they're still kicking the general as you're still moving, right? 100%. Yeah, I, I want to match that way. Uh, as I'm saying, a lot of people got to get into this mindset of, oh, the guards have to chase, the guards have to chase. You know, they, they recently buffed them a couple patches ago to where instead of 2.5% regression, it's 5% regression, which, you know, like I said, adds up over time. And... You want the assassin, it, it kind of depends on the scenario. If you want to just kind of get up there and get it done, you got to use Carnifex, unfortunately. So it, it's never a bad idea. Like, obviously, it's you got to ask, like, do I break the gem with Carnifex because it's instant and they can get back on it? And that is something you do have to worry about is if Carnifex jumps on and breaks it instantly, they can just jump right back on and pop a gem in your face. I've, ha I've had it happen which is why you'd much prefer assassin or jailer. Um, depending on your knowledge of that generator's progression, I would say you, if you have time, spit out a spit out a guard. As long as they don't get into a patrol with someone, they're gonna just sit there and they're gonna run back and forth. If you smack a guard with an M1, you'll recycle them. It takes like a second or two for your power to come back. So you could, in theory, send out Carnifex, hit him, and then make the distance and shoot the assassin out onto the, you know, onto the generator to stop them from breaking it. You would want assassin or jailer. Carnifex is not a bad option, but you do run the risk of them getting back on immediately. It's sort of a double-edged sword when it comes to, uh, to generators. But everything else, Carnifex is usually the top dog because they like said he's got the longer hunt, which means that's 24 seconds right there. If they don't get the banner, that's 24 seconds to stall right there. And there's no avoiding them. Um, you know, the, and the other ones are good for that, but they don't, you're not really going to get a lot of hits with your, with your assassin or your jailer assassin. You're very likely with dried horse meat. You're likely to get a hit on a good chunk of them, especially Carnifex. God, dried horse meat is just really good, but you know, you, you still want to use them for the stall, but that stall also includes generators. So in terms of just aggressive chasing, 
Carnifex is the best. If you just want a little bit of stall or kind of body blocking, that's where the Assassin and the Jailer steps in. So the Knight has a really strong in-game presence, whether it's able to control a very tight 3 gen more easily than almost all of the killers, or having a much easier time patrolling the gates in the end in the end game collapse. So as a competitive Knight player, I know you've already said that you really hate playing as a like a 3 gen camping kind of knight for endgame but if someone was going for that would it be really important to identify what three gens you want to keep to yourself right at the start of the game or let the game progress and try and identify one once one or two gens have already popped personally i'm i'm not really uh but if i ever guess if i ever get put in like that comp mindset situation uh i would actually abandon the gens altogether and secure hooks uh, every time i've gone against Competitive teams put that in quotes because anyone anyone could say they're a team, and I say, yeah, they're good, but I don't know they've actually been in a tournament setting, and obviously it's not the same. But you know, when I go against them, I've noticed that chasing after them is one of the worst things you can do. It, it's just going to lead; they're going to run you away, they're going to body block, they're going to get the save. You're probably not getting that hook again, or if you do, they're going to make sure you don't get the person who was just unhooked. They're very good about preventing that, so I would actually avoid the gens altogether and just secure the one kill or just try to bait the altruism to try to get them to come to the hook. I've turned a zero kill game to a 3k game just because they had to save off the hook. They had to come back and save. So just using my knights, using my abilities to kind of corral them in, get the hits with the knights and with the M1s and moving the hooks closer with agitation, I was able to you know, bring the game back. I, I prefer not to play that way. Um, if you are going to go in with the three gen mindset or you know that they are going to stomp you, you, you can tell. Uh, I don't know what it is. But there's something about a team. You look at their hours and you look at their names. And you're like, yeah, th this is a team. You know, when you, when you go up against Mr. Squiggleton the third, you know, with 3000 hours, that guy's probably never getting caught. It, it's always the weirdest names that somehow manage to juice the hardest. Right. Um, you, you can definitely start going out for a three gen but i usually try to three gen at the end of the game um sometimes when I'm, I'm playing and i'm just kind of ranting to myself like I, i'll protect this three gen but i'm kind of setting it up usually i don't really end up defending it i say i will but I, I don't know if it's just ingrained in me not to do that but I, I do try my best to avoid it even during the end game collapse end game i just get really really aggressive and try my best to trade the hooks because you could try to defend the gens and you know, but eventually they're more than likely going to get it done unless you have a tight three gen. So I would rather focus on where the gates are at, where are they at currently, who's injured, who's on a hook. Because usually camping out the hook and forcing altruistic actions generally gets you more hooks and more points in the long run. Because you can defend the gens all you want, but they're if they're a coordinated team and they know what you're doing, they're going to get the gens done. And if they know how to run and they know how to path correctly, sure, you can kick that gen, but by your chasing the person, another person's going to hop right on it. So sometimes you just got to sacrifice the, sacrifice the gens and say, nope, I've got you on the hook. You're staying on the hook, and that's, that's the game. That is the game. I will do that especially if people played chicken or if gens are popping too fast. Like if I start the match, I have a semi-decent chase, I put you on a hook and I see you know, gling, gling, like three gens pop, I'm more than likely going to stick to the hook. Because at, at that point, I'm just, there's no game to be played. I'm 
going to go chase someone else. They're going to unhook. I might get a hook there, and then I'm going to have to hook whoever. Like Once those two guns pop, I'm just going to have to sit at the hook and pray that I can trade or everyone's just going to get out spot-free. So The knight can use his guards to deal with certain objectives like breaking breakable doors, pallets, and kicking gens. And as previously mentioned, one of them can do this better than the others. But is it always a good idea to do this every chance you get? or to only do it when you don't expect to be in a chase so soon. So can you break a pallet in, in a chase and still keep up, still keep uh, the distance with the survivors? So I'm, I'm going to preface this with, you know, as we talked about or discussed earlier, we call it the Kool-Aid Man tech. You know, you summon Carnifex, bop the pallet, go through it, you're good to go. Um, I say It's just really cool because, you know, he loses his collision and you, you got that stuff as long as you don't get stunned. But... Uh, it, there is a way you can do this, and it's it's not something I would recommend. I mean, it's not something that I've tested exclusively enough to be confident and say, oh, you'll definitely gain distance off of this. But one thing I've found is pretty fun to do is, let's say you're running someone off a generator, you can pop out a night, send them on the gen, and then continue the chase. Or let's say you're at a relatively unsafe loop. They drop the pallet, and let's say, you, let's just pretend you got stunned. So you eat the stun, you can break the pallet or you can walk around or continue the chase, send a knight back to break the pallet and then go chase. Because it's about the same time to press space bars. You just pop, send out the knight and you go chase. If it's a shorter loop where they, they don't get a lot of distance, you can usually catch up pretty quickly. And even if you did lose a little time breaking the, you know, breaking the pallet, you get the extra points for the guard action. You're catching up faster because you could continue the chase immediately. Now, obviously, Carnifex is the best one to go with this. Unless you're leaving a loop, if you're mid-chase and you've got a lot of like pallets, loops, windows, you want Carnifex because he can break through instantly. You're good to go. Otherwise, if you're doing like a forgive and forget kind of deal where you're going to send out your knight, bop something, and then go, that's what you would want Assassin Jailer. Just because it's... I, I'm not sure if it's efficient, but I'll say it's satisfying and it's fun to throw out a you know throw out a guard bust the pallet and then see someone turn around and realize oh ha that they're breaking the pallet and you're you know thump 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 right behind them and they're never expecting it so it's it's a lot of fun it's not a play style that's going to win you matches obviously um if you make a mistake you're going to lose time but when it comes to playing like this and just trying to have fun i would rather do something interesting and throw the match than you know, just hold the three gen and camp the hook in place. Super boring, you know? Yeah. So at the start of the question, you mentioned about, you know, using the Kool-Aid tech to quickly get you back into a chase. But what if you don't have the Carnifax ready, you know, because he's not always, he's in rotation. So there's two options here. Uh, the main one you want to do is obviously you can bring the add-on so that you could have multiple Carnifaxes. It's called the Battle Axe Head. I don't really recommend it. And I'm not against it, but, you know, oftentimes, you know, you will not have Carnifex ready or it, depending on how you play, I tend to hold on to my Carnifex. I will forego breaking gens or sending out my knights and cycling them so I can hold on to them, which I shouldn't do, to be honest. I, I wouldn't recommend it. You can if you like, because like I said, I'm, I'm more playing for fun than the kills. But that being said, if you do want to cycle through your guards quickly, uh, whatever you do, whatever your button to summon minus M2, 
press M2, let it go, or press M2, M1 to set the guard. I'm pretty sure you just have to let go of M2 or whatever is to summon your power. You summon your power, let go. M1, like you need to wait a second so that they get collision and you bonk them on the head, boom, they die. It resets your power, it takes like two seconds. The bar fills up again, boom, summon the jailer, bop him on the head, he dies, boom, you got Carnifex back. Obviously, you can't do this in a chase. You're going to want to set up on the way there, but I wouldn't recommend that just because you're going to waste a lot of time cycling through nights to get a chance of doing a Kool-Aid tech because you can mess it up. You can get stunned. You can be too close to the pallets. So you can't summon Carnifex to do the tech. So in those scenarios, that's why I say you want to use your guards to be breaking pallets, breaking generators, because not only are you breaking those and causing regression and clearing out their resources, you're also cycling through your nights. And that's be the most efficient way to do it. Um, say like dead dog, I'll send out Carnifex, bust the door, I'll go bust the door. I'll send an assassin upstairs, break that door, break the other wall down there. And then I'll send the, I'll send the jailer out, bust the boom, you know, bust the wall, boom, I got Carnifex back. I cleared out five or so doors. I have my Carnifex back for the next chase. No, it's 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 all about managing when you want your when you want your guard available and what the current situation is. You know, obviously you don't want to just waste out a Carnifex just to break a wall to break a wall, but you also don't want to hold on to them for the perfect moment. You can there's you know, there's no harm in that. Obviously, if you're just trying to have fun, but if you're trying to win and you want to consistently do that tech and have your knights cycled out properly to stall the pallet break, stall the gen kick, then you're going to want to constantly be sending out your knights to cycle them organically. Now, earlier you said that you more than often play with no perks and no add-ons, right? Yes. All right, that can be incredibly handicapping a lot of the time, even for a really good knight player, and especially when survivors tend to be armed to the teeth with second chance perks like Adrenaline. Um, Live has been rampant lately um when there's yes. opportunity it's well it's, it's not too much of a um, second chance part but it's i i use windows opportunity in every build i do and it is kind of a crutch as well windows um, is an extremely popular perk it's a it very is. good perk. just a bit of a tangent i i don't understand why people say it's not that good of a perk like no oh, it's a fantastic you perk. i do not understand how yeah, I, I love it's knowing what broken other pallets and whatnot my fellow goblin survivors have already dropped ahead of time. Exactly. Like, mm. it's such... It, it's like people saying Lethal Pursuer is a bad perk. You should know where they spawn. Or, or I can literally see where they spawn and cut out the middleman. Yeah, but um, <laughs> obviously with it being handicapped, they're, they're full of perks themselves, these survivors, and, you know, items and add-ons as well. How often do you get 4Ks in your games? And um, I'm not. This doesn't really include the games you go against the survivors that you say that have very few hours in the game compared to you. Yeah. There's a lot of the time. There's a very wide skill difference between some of the survivors you get. But in the good games that you have, how often do you actually get the 4Ks with these um, sort of experienced survivors? Are kind of kitted out with perks. Um, no, I, I 4K consistently if we're counting. You know, people giving up, me letting people go. Oh, yeah, yeah, count those, because you've already won those at that point. Um, A lot more than even I expected. I didn't really think it was going to work out that well, and I, I just chalk it up to me just being knowledgeable about the game. Um, the, the biggest problem that I have against kitted out survivors, and I'll tell anybody who tries to play the way that I play, and obviously I have no perks, but even without that, uh, exhaustion perks will absolutely destroy you. 
uh, more more so than a bad map. Uh, there are certain maps you'll get as night, especially playing without add-ons and perks and whatnot, where I'll load in and I'm just like, I, I lost. And, and and the funny thing is a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I lose this match. I'll still pull out a 4K somehow. You know, there's always a shot that you'll still 4K. You know, any anyone can make a mistake. But I, I'd say the only thing that would consistently hold me back outside of just me making a knuckleheaded move or a bad play would be just exhaust burst in general, like you said. Second chances are rough, obviously, but with Knight, Knight has the same problem that Pinhead has, where using your power roots you in place. And yeah, I'm getting a speed boost after that, but if I'm trying to say I need Carnifex to go start a chase because I saw two people, that's two people who are already making distance on me. Now, let's say I shoot the knight out after one that I saw, and I didn't realize, oh, she has sprint burst. So she, I, I make a full length trail, and she is right past the edge of it because she has sprint burst. Well, now my Carnifex is stuck in limbo. I could hit him and reset him, and that, you know, it wastes time, not a lot of time. Or I could choose to go chase after someone. If I go chase after someone, that's Carnifex gone for 12 seconds. Like, I can't reset my guard. I don't have him for my next chase. It really hurts your chase when you waste a night. In fact, going back to Kool-Aid Tech, that's the easiest way to stop it is just walk forward. When you see him dropping a knight at a pallet and you know he's got Carnifex because you can see it on his arm or you just know, no, just run. Because what he'll do is he'll drop Carnifex and you'll more than likely be out of range. And then that's, you know, the power on cooldown for 12 seconds plus the refresh. So that's why I say exhaustion perks are the big killer. Outside of that, if you keep up your aggression as knight and you're microing your your guards correctly and you're keeping people busy and you're always doing something, you can usually consistently pull out a 3K. I'm not going to say a 4K um, just because a lot of the players I get aren't super, super experienced. Um, when I do get the experienced players, I usually bounce between either a 1 or a 2K. And usually that's because I have to sweat them out. So considering I try my best not to go hyper sweat and just tunnel everyone out. And, you know, I, I, I value the 12 hook over anything. Even if I am upset, I will still try to 12 hook because I, I want fun. I want points. But uh, even going for matches like those, I would say I can consistently pull a 2K. That's without perks, add-ons, anything. So I have seen a few instances of players playing as the knight to have the survivor be chased by a guard and follow them around until they get hit by the guard and then M1 themselves for an immediate second health state. How precise is the timing in between the hits? So that's what we call the wombo combo. Um, a few killers can do that. Uh, the artist version of that is really cool. So if you get an artist who knows how to do that, definitely ask her. It's one of my favorite things to do on artists. But with knight, it's, it's significantly harder to do. So... The knights essentially have to be touching the model of the survivor before they can actually make a swing. Um, it's very misleading. The way I see it is if your knight, if you've got half your bar of duration and they're on the edge, like you can almost time the duration based on the survivor's location in the circle to whether or not you're going to get a hit. Um, if they use a window or something that adds time because the guards freak out around windows and stuff, but on a straight line, if let's say you got caught early on, like they were in the middle of the circle when they got summoned. So it'll take a bit to get there and start the hunt. 
Um, so when that happens, you're, you're more than likely going to get a hit. But what also happens is that more than likely the guard is going to be a very, very far distance from you, and the survivor is not going to run towards you. So this, this is most effective at a jungle gym. That's about the only place it'll work. Or if they happen to panic and turn back into the guard to avoid you, which most people won't do, they'll. It, it's more efficient to just take the hit from the guard and sprint away. You might still go down, but it's better than getting wombo comboed. But the hardest thing about it is you have to hit the survivor as soon as they get injured. You cannot be any later than that. As soon as you see Cardifex or the assassin or the aim lift their weapon, as soon as you hear the scream, you need to be swinging. Because if you're not, they're going to get the speed boost. And it's it's been nerfed, but it's still enough to get out of your, out of your distance. It's basically a dead hard. And, and you can kind of hurt yourself, especially if you're following the guard to get that wombo combo. If you're doing that, you're wasting bare minimum 12 seconds, if not a little longer than that, depending on how the pathing went and if they wasted any resources. But you're wasting a lot of time just chasing them and trying to get the hit when most of the time, if they're just W-keying away from the guard and they're not going to get the hit, it, it's, it's just a waste of time. What is a shame? Because it's fun to do. I imagine it's not fun for survivors. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan of someone, you know, sitting at a loop and cutting me off with a guard either. But, you know, when you sit it up right and it's good for it, I think it can be kind of fun. But it's just way too inconsistent and just. I'm gonna be quite honest. You're, you're throwing your match if you're constantly trying to go for those kind of combos. You're just you're throwing the match. It, it's not consistent enough to work. Um, is there anything else that you want to say that we've not covered in any of these questions? Yes. Um, my main thing is don't listen to content creators when it comes to your build. You know, it's obviously fine to see someone making a video saying, hey, you should try these four perks. They're really fun. But I see that far too often, uh, more than not, people will look at a build and say, oh, Ot said run this. I have to run this and I have to play like this. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, those builds that get popular are the very obnoxious or the very gimmicky builds that aren't necessarily strong or they are really strong and they just play the game for you. And it really makes the community kind of stop researching and looking into what you could run on different killers and what kind of play styles you could do. Like I said, with me with Aggressive Knight, you're not going to see a lot of people who know what I know or play like I play because the overwhelming majority of the community and conquerors oh no no he's a three gen machine that's all he's good for three gen in camp it's all you can do but that's not true you may not win as consistently but it's a lot more fun to play aggressively you know when these perks they're not exactly the best perks but they're a lot of fun and they kind of give you a new way to play and, and all that other stuff so i, I just kind of wish that people would do their own research run their own builds and just have fun with it not worry about if they're going to get the 4k or if well, what build did Coconut put out this week? Or what build did Ot say is going to be good on this killer? You know, it, it, there's a lot of fun in, in researching and discovering new combinations and perks that you don't think would work for you, but do. Or finding out someone uses a perk in a weird way and you're that doesn't work. And you'd find out, oh, it actually does this and it opens up new interactions. And I, I just wish there was more people experimenting and doing their own builds rather than just, this build wins, that's what I'm going with, baby, let's go. And then... Uh, aside from that, I would just say, consider who you're playing with. You know, when you, when you see a new player, you don't have to stomp them out. You don't have to bleed out the four man at five gens, you know. 
obviously if you played for the game, you know, that's that's on you. I'm gonna devil's advocate, you paid for the game, you do what you gotta do. It's your money, you play how you wanna play. But just remember when you play that way, people aren't going to play with you anymore. So try to be I'm not saying be nice, don't throw your matches, but you don't need to four man select people at five gens and hyper tunnel someone out of the match because a singular gen got done. Like your games will be much more enjoyable if you just learn from your mistakes, give people a chance to play. And yeah, because everyone right now is in this tug of war of who's gonna sweat harder and or you know, who's gonna lean some slack on the rope so I can do a gen without getting killed, you know? I, I think if we all just kinda put down the sweat towels a little bit, considered who we're playing with didn't worry about it so much. I think the game would be a lot better. I think the community would get along with each other uh, just a little bit more than they do now. Well, thank you very much. That was an amazing interview, actually. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for spending your time with us, Caretaker. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sorry, I'm a little under the weather. I know I probably sound awful, but I got to kind of deal with the colds from my brother, but it was fun. I really tried my best not to just ramble on and on. I got a bad habit of that. Especially with night, because night's simple, but you know, that's all it that's takes. Fine. A little bit something fun, yeah, that's all it needs to to you know, rekindle something, you know?